Ag State of Mind, episode 140. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Ag State of Mind podcast, a proud member of the Global Ag Network. I am your host, Jason Meadows. And today, I have the pleasure of talking to Camden Calloway. Camden is a going, going to be a sophomore at Purdue. He's majoring in agronomy and has lots of plans for grad school going past uh, when he gets his undergrad there at Purdue. And Camden reached out to me and he wanted to chat about farmer mental health and farmer suicide prevention, just that on, not even just in agriculture, but in just across the entire spectrum of, of our communities. And I love it when people who reach out to me, especially when college students do, and those who are younger, I just, I really enjoy that because it means that we're working on the next generation too. So Camden, I appreciate you joining me here on the Ag State of Mind podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. So I'm excited to be here. Uh, you know, I wrote this paper hoping to do some outreach. I really don't know what sparked it. I guess I just sat down for my class one day. My professor said that we had a final project and we could either write an editorial paper or a narrative or we could go a creative route. And there's one thing about myself. I don't like to go the normal route. And she had only had two people ever do the creative route. So mm. I kind of drawn to that. And so I think my roommate was a little worried about me that night. I literally sat down and wrote it in like 20 minutes. And I guess here we are, because he was like, are you okay? I'm like, I got to get this out. I have to, <laughs> I have to do it. And then my cousin, who's actually doing her residency in rural psychiatry, I reached out to her to kind of beef it up a little bit and kind of add the meat and potatoes to it that backed up my story and gave some facts to it. Right, right. That's super interesting. And, and also so I, I'd forgotten about your cousin who's doing that work in rural psych, did you say rural psychology or psychiatry? Psychiatry. Awesome. So she's doing the MD thing then. That's incredible because that's sorely needed as well. But first kind of tell me a little bit about your background and then we'll, we'll move into this topic a little bit. So I grew up on kind of a hobby farm, I guess you could call it. We've got about four acres of hay. You know, my friends always call me insane. That was my favorite part of the summer, you know, bailing that hay and stuff. And so my uh, mom's side of the family, my grandfather grew up on a dairy farm just down the road from where I live. They milk cows. And then my dad's side of the family still farms and has a, a round barn actually in Indiana. It's over a hundred years old. And my grandfather keeps saying he's going to retire and probably will never do so and still keeps beef cattle around so i've kind of got you know grain farming beef production and stuff like that in the background and so i've been around it since i can remember uh we really show poultry um that's one thing my dad really enjoys my brother's really into and, and looking at going into poultry genetics either at purdue or somewhere else so it's really been a agriculture has been a big thing um, my dad was my agricultural advisor 
at my high school. And then my mom was an agricultural advisor before that. So I really, I don't know, I don't want to say I didn't have a choice, but it was kind of just what was meant to be was meant to be, you know, it was yeah. meant to be run by ag. Yeah. And, and I'm always like, I'm always fascinated when people tell those kinds of stories because they're not, they're not uncommon how you, know, you had this, like you had this connection, this, this affinity to it, but you know, you were in a sense removed, but wanting to get back to it. And you know, I find that's a very kind of common story in ag, especially among your generation, because I think so many of us like kind of uh, were almost encouraged not to pursue it as a career, right? I know I was, you know, but it's, but, but they're needed. Like it's a, it's a very viable career uh, and it needs to be. I just know around here with the land prices, I mean, you know, I think of somebody my age that wanted to go back into it, you'd almost have to be kind of passed down through the generation. And I was fortunate to go over to Ireland over my spring break for a study abroad. And they kind of have the same problem. Um, You know, no one can really afford to buy the land, but if you're in a family that's been farming for several generations, it just continues to be passed down and never really sold to anyone else. Yeah. And it's a shame because a lot of those, a lot of those operations, and they're they're and I'm I'm a part of one. Like my family has it's been pat you know will be passed down, um, but it's a shame a lot of the time because people there's a lot of people that don't want to have anything to do with it, and there are so many that would like that opportunity that don't get it, and you know I don't know if there's a, a solution for that. I know like a lot of farmers take on mentorship opportunities for people. I know my friend Nathan, that's kind of how he got into it is he took on, he was interested in it and he went to a, a, a guy whose family didn't have any interest in it. And that's how he kind of got started with it. And, um, you know, that's one way and, you know, there's ways, but it's, like you said, it's, it's incredibly, it's, you have to become really creative in it. I think right now, you know, the creative part is finding a niche and I, I know You've kind of talked about that with uh, different people on your podcast, but it's finding that area where, you know, you can use what you have to the best of your ability and also be able to profit from it. Not only, you know, just to scrape by, but to continue to upgrade and evolve within that. Right. Yeah. And it's, but it's part of that is also encouraging because it kind of encourages the American spirit as well. I mean, you're able to kind of carve your, as things get, you know, the more traditional routes become unattainable for people who are novel to the industry, uh, the more it leaves for opportunity for those niches that you're talking about. And, you know, that's how we get innovation is out of necessity. Yeah, I, uh, I've kind of, I guess, hopefully found my niche, you know, I say I have hay ground. I mean, it's four acres. It's not anything, but then you know, through my connections at Purdue, my one professor reached out and he said, Hey, there's a guy in, you know, in my County that has 92 acres. And I kind of, you know, had a miniature heart attack. Cause I said, well, I have enough maybe to do the four acres reliable, but, um, but you know, it's stuff like that where as long as you're able to network and maybe, you know, just be yourself out there because the worst somebody's going to say is no. Yeah. And then, you can always move forward and try again. Yeah. I mean, it's like you say, there's nothing, 
there's nothing to be afraid of necessarily. Right. I mean, so just, just reach out. I mean, what, like, what is, what is the worst can happen? People say no. Yeah. I mean, that's not so bad. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it maybe is a little disheartening in the, in the moment, but you know, you think about it and you say, okay, well, that was a no. So let's move on to the next opportunity and you know, kind of go into it wholeheartedly and see where it leads. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me about this assignment that you had and how you came, how you came to the subject, what kind of its, its content was, and then kind of we'll spend some time on the reaction to it. So originally, it was originally going to be about the right to repair. So I had the opportunity to intern at a John Deere dealership. And I mm-hmm. kind of read some things about, you know, Deere was being a little harder on the farmers. You know, if you, they did try to repair their tractor on their own. And so I was originally going to do that. And then I started looking into things and I just saw that. I mean, it's an unspoken. I don't want to say it's unspoken, but it's really a pandemic of, of, the, of the suicides has gone up exponentially in the past 10 years and it's i didn't even know because it's not something that's i guess it's more taboo than anything for you know people within the agricultural community to talk about it is what it seems like and i think it's changed a little bit over the past couple of years because we have started to do some outreach but i was honestly a little scared to present this idea to my professor because i didn't know if it was going to kind of it was uncharted territory in my, in my mind is what it was. Hmm. And so I walked into that office hour and I said, Hey, I've got an idea, but I'm not sure if this is going to be something I can even, you know, if I put it out there, is it going to cause backlash or is it going to do something good? And she was more than happy to, you know, kind of, facilitate my idea and thought it was great. So I sat down and got to writing and wrote it in like 20 minutes. And I probably spent six months now revising it. Whenever I go look at it again, I find something that, you know, I want to change or whatever, but no, it was more of that. I saw the need for someone to say something and also it was going against the grain, which is, you know, some, I want to be a groundbreaker, kind of like the, breakthroughs that haven't been done yet but people have been talking about i want to go with them and try to try to do something that is worth doing that would make a big impact on things if that makes sense yeah no i mean and it's it's amazing like what a little bit of intuition where it can lead and 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 you were i mean unfortunately you were right to almost kind of be scared about it because um i think that's natural anytime you start to really share something that is this of this you know like this subject subject nature um but it's really important that you do that you kind of push back against that and still do share it and it's nice that you had somebody to encourage you that it was something worth sharing because it is it's something that people really need to continue to hear about and you know we're hearing more and more about it 
but we need to continue. It needs to keep going and it doesn't need to be something that's talked about for a little while and then went away from. This is something that is super important and will continue to be super important no matter, no matter what. And I think, you know, going against that grain is also kind of taught me who I am as a person too. You know, I really enjoy doing the outreach kind of thing. And so I really thought I wanted to kind of be reserved and just do a desk job or a lab job or whatever with agronomy. But I'm thinking now, you know, I want to reach out and be a part of the communities that, you know, I think I've get, they've given so much to me as a person and, and developed me and helped to encourage me to do things. Why not give back so that I can create another generation just like it? So what does the conversation look like around students in, the, in an ag college around mental health? You know, I don't really know that there really is any, not that I've experienced, you know, I mean, it's not that I might, I may not have been in the right place at the right time kind of thing, but I think around my generation, uh, mental health has been a big thing. Um, You know, we're more open to talking about it because everybody deals with some form of something every day. And you mean, you may not have it every day, all the time. It may be you know, whenever, but I, I think it's really that the other generations are more guarded about talking about it. I think it, especially during finals week, I think that's what came up was, you know, I, okay, I can't say this, like a lot of us were taking mental health breaks of studying. So we would go and do something with our friends or go, you know, find a balance. And I think balance is probably the biggest key word I can talk about is finding that balance of when you have to do something and then also not becoming burnt out and just tired of everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you'll find that older you get, the more things kind of come in to, to focus. And I like to use the word more prioritize. Prioritize is a, uh, the thing that really, um, hits home. And I remember having a similar type of experience when I was in college, there was a point where I worried so much about everything, about classes, about grades. And I I was really close to suffering from burnout. In fact, I don't think I was already there, but I was able to kind of stop it and, and take a step back and realize, you know, look at what was really important. You know, I'm learning the material. Am I getting all straight A's? No, I'm not. Am I, what is it going to take to get all straight A's? It's going to take even more of my life to do so. And I wasn't willing to sacrifice that. So I was willing to learn the material to the best of my ability and then just be tested on it. And, uh, you know, I can't say my grades really went down or up, but uh, I know my enjoyment of life went up quite a bit. And I was able to really focus better on that. And it, it was, that was a really huge change for me at that time in my life and something I really needed and something I'd get probably didn't realize how significant it was and, uh, at the time until, you know, almost 20 years later now. Yeah. I think, you know, and I was actually, I kind of talked to some of my professors regularly and, and I kind of was, I guess, going through the same thing with my summer job. I'm, out of a research center, just kind of doing uh, summer temporary help. Uh-huh. And I, I had talked to one of my professors and he, it really did humble me because he said, well, you know, at least you're not in Nebraska where they're 
corn was taken from you know b6 level to stubs because of the hail mm-hmm. and your day could always be worse so i guess just be thankful for what you have and that really changed my entire mindset yeah so there's something to that there is something to that but also at the same time there's also something to not minimizing your struggles either i mean again there it's a little give and take and you can recognize that you are struggling with something, but also take the time to be thankful too. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be one way. Right. And I think that's really important because I used to be under the same mindset, like, because I think if you get stuck in that mindset for too long, like you start to think that you, you almost gaslight yourself into saying like, Oh, I'm, there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing really going on wrong. Look how bad these people have it. I should be fine. I should be thankful. And you should be fine and thankful, but it also, you also need to recognize that there are issues too. And, you know, I, I have a really hard time finding the correct place to be in that, but I mean, there is a place, there is a place where you can recognize the hardships, um, but also recognize the gratitudes. And it's just trying to see the good in any situation. That's all. It's not because there is such a thing as toxic, uh, toxic positivity too. Um, but uh, being able to find gratitude in hard things is not that. Yeah, I, uh, I can tell a story. Our, we were actually trying to bail hay. That was a uh, Wednesday. And our bailer, the flywheel on the clutch, or the clutch on the flywheel, excuse me, decided it was going to shear all the bolts off and the back end of the PTO shaft went into the pickup. Oh, geez. And it was pretty gnarly. And Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, of course, I'm the one running it and trying to test it because our nodder hadn't been working quite right. And, you know, my dad walks out there and he goes, well, we've had it for long enough. (laughs) He goes, I got up for cheap. We needed to upgrade or degrade at some time, at some point in time. So we went and picked up a new baler and, you know, everything's going to be fine. It's just like you said, finding that positivity and in, in that moment of holy cow, you know, that could have been really bad. It's hard to see it sometimes. I, and I know I suffer in those times as bad as anybody. I mean, we, we've gone through things all week. I mean, hay season is a really trying time for us, uh, you know, to find the, where everything needs to be, you know, because it's not only hay season, it's also baseball season and it's also 4-H fair season. And uh, it's a lot of things mixed together. So, I mean, you know, it's ripe for, it's ripe for uh, stress, Um, but you have to, you know, you have to look at the positive things that are coming out of it. Yeah. I think, you know, being able to look at it that way definitely helps. And it's, been the way that I found that I can get through a lot of things because I can look at it and say, well, this is going on. However, there's the good parts of it that if I can make it through it, I'll come first in the end. Yeah. 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 I mean, I was actually just, and I, I'm always really frank with this and, and open is like, I, I still see a counselor, right? I think it's really important for me right now to maintain things. Um, and I was talking to my counselor, actually, I use a, a, a telehealth thing called better help. And I was fortunate enough. I was on my way home. I had a speaking event yesterday in Leavenworth, Kansas. So I had a lot of time to fill on the way. It's a four hours 
uh, to and from there. So, I mean, I had eight, almost nine hours of road time yesterday. So I scheduled a time during that and it's, it's being able to like understand like that we can only do so much and that we can only, I mean, we can only hurt or, or laugh or have so many emotions. I mean, we can only do so much, I, I think is the, was the key thing there. And, you know, when he helped me realize that, that it's, man, it was just, it's freeing when you realize that it's freeing when you realize that things that you essentially, there's a certain point where you're just not in control of things and you just have to kind of accept things how they are. And that's a, that's a really hard pill to swallow for, for someone like who, who, who does, does all the things that I do because I do like to be in control, but obviously most of the time I'm not. And I think that's a part of being in agriculture too, is we'd like to be in control, but some of the times we just really aren't. So we just have to take care of the things closest to us. Yeah. I think, you know, I look at all these things that I, I have to do, or I, I guess wouldn't say have to, but need to do, or or things like that. Like I need to get my hay down, but I look at the forecast and then there's rain for the next couple of days, or then I have to go to work from seven 30 to four. And then I'm like, well, when am I going to get all this done? And my dad, you know, my dad's off from school right now. Cause you know, it's the summer. So he's out there, but he's got things he's wanted to do since he was in school. Mm-hmm. And then, so it's like, you know, my mom's almost, she was like, well, why don't we just quit doing hay? I'm like, but that's my time that I can kind of refresh. You know, that probably seems like the most hectic time to do anything is on the back of a hay wagon, but it's almost a mindless job that mm-hmm. I can really get in touch with myself and kind of stay grounded on the floor of that wagon and, and re and rethink th- some things and, and go, go through the next week of things and, and be ready to, get back at it yeah i mean there's something to be said for just hard work like that you know something we saw at that same thing where i was speaking yesterday there was a meat cutting demonstration and that's something i think i would really like to do someday is become i wouldn't necessarily want to do the the slaughter or anything like that but i would love to cut up sides of beef because i i think that would be a very satisfying job i think it would be very you know, you'd have to pay, obviously have to pay attention, but it's also a lot of repetition and a lot of, you know, taking bigger things and making them into smaller things. And I, I don't know, it would just be, I would, I could see the, the peace in that job. And we need to find things like that within our lives that are, you know, that kind of duping us peace like that, because it's really important. And, you know, it, it may not, your thing may not be my thing and vice versa, but it's still important that we find stuff like that. Yeah. I can't tell you the number of crazy looks I get when I tell the people that or tell people that uh, I like to bale hay in the summer when it's hotter than, you know, I'll get out, but it's just my thing that I enjoy to do. And, you know, my dad's up on the tractor. It's time we share together. And so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's something, there's something special about, you know, we're experiencing that now, you know, my oldest has mowed most of the hay this summer. And then my, one of my middle boys is he's done most of the, a lot of the raking. He raked all hay all morning this morning. 
And uh, it's just very satisfying to be able to do that as a family, the way that we have, because it's the way we did it. My, I did it with my dad too. And that's really special. You know, it's, it's, it's a really special thing to be able to do that as a family and, and have that work that you put together and make something, you know, no matter what it is. It was almost funny yesterday when we went to pick up this baler, it was the same kind that my dad had used when he was my age with my uh -huh. grandfather. And so for Father's Day, part of his Father's Day, he was kind of joking around on our way home. He goes, well, you could give it a bath and you maybe wax and make it look all nice. So they had left for, we also show rabbits and they had left for a rabbit show. Well, he got back home late last night. And so I had a video of it, it was all dolled up and everything. And, and so he, it really made him happy and it was a good thing to see that. So it was just neat to see everything come together, even after, you know, our other baler had just basically essentially grenaded itself. And so now there's, I guess when it rains, it pours is what I'm trying to say. So it's, you get a little bit of the bad, but then it's overwhelmed by a lot of good. Yeah, no. And it's all, it's all in mindset. It absolutely is. I mean, I've worked on that for a long time and I'm still learning it, you know, and it's, I think you've got an incredible head start with where you're at seeing things like that, because I, I know I didn't, I know that was a lot of my, part of my problem um, was mindset. And, you know, I feel like you're on a really strong starting path where you're at to, for the rest of your life. That makes me feel a little better because sometimes I kind of doubt myself a lot that no. maybe maybe I'm not on the right track. No, but... you're you're doing it right. I mean, you know, it's believe me, I was I was not on a path like that whenever I was your age. So uh, you're you're doing well. I always like to tell people, you know, a lot of people say, we well, need to get your foot in the door. I said, I'm not going to get my foot in the door. I'm going to kick down the door <laughs> and be there. So, but... yeah, yeah. Well, Camden, I really appreciate it. I uh, appreciate you joining me and being really patient with me while we're working through hay season uh, here. We've had to reschedule this a couple of times. And again, I apologize for that. Um, it's just, unfortunately, it just happens when you have a hundred kids like I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get, I've got a little brother, so I, and we've got hay, so I understand I don't have kids of my own, but I completely understand running around 14 different places a day trying to figure out where you need to be next. So, yeah. If, uh, if people want to reach out to you after they hear this podcast, how do we, how do we get that? Done? Um, so, um, well, actually I've got two different emails. If they want to reach me on my personal email, I guess I can, you have a, want to write that down or put it in the link. I'd be it's my first and last name, Camden Callaway four six zero at gmail.com. Or if they want to reach out to me, um, through my Purdue email, it is just C-A-L-L-O-W-A-0 at purdue.edu. Or I can leave a phone number, whatever works. And the phone number is good too. I'll just, and I have yeah, uh, 765-432-5063. Perfect. Well, Camden, I appreciate your time on this afternoon and you know, keep in touch. Tell me what, what's going on. If you ever need anything and, um, you know, what's, what, what, where you, where you progress through everything. I'm really looking forward to seeing where you go. I appreciate you, uh, give me time to come and I guess, advocate and tell my story and kind of reduce the nature of the conversation. Sure. You know? Yeah. Reduce it down from being, you know, kind of looked down upon to somewhere, something we can bring to light and really help 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm, and that's why I'm here. I mean, that's why this podcast exists is to do that very thing. So um, I appreciate you reaching out and I appreciate the opportunity to do this. And then uh, just for so I can tell my family, because they definitely want to listen when when can I look forward to this being on, you know, Apple Podcasts or Spotify? Probably Monday. Okay, awesome. Yeah, where I'm, I'm, I'm caught up. So, okay, that's good. Good to hear because I, I enjoy listening to your podcast. So, yeah, awesome. Well, thank you. You know, if you ever need anything, be sure to reach out. You have my number. Uh, just, you know, if you, even if you just want to check in, just let's let's stay in touch. I'll send you the link whenever it comes out. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yep. Have a great day. Thanks. Thank Bye. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.